the purpose and intention of a relationship is not so let me find someone who can just choose me and stay and validate me and give me all the things that I am unwilling to first give myself. It's really about taking responsibility for yourself. How can you ask someone to give you all of these things that you're really not willing to give yourself? Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Lo, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. I am so honored to have one of my dearest friends on the podcast today. Uh, Today's tea is on owning what you desire in relationships. And I'm honored to welcome Jenny Lynn, my girl, who is a women's relationship coach and deeply spiritual and gifted. (laughs) I'm so happy that you're here, babe. Thank you for making the time. Absolutely. I'm so honored to be on the podcast. I know this is our perfect timing, so I can't wait. Yeah. Tell everyone about you and what you do and a little bit about your background. And also I would love for you to talk about anything you're excited about right now in life. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a women's relationship coach, as Lo mentioned. I work with women, whether they're single or in a relationship to really have the healthy, secure, and fulfilling relationship that they really desire on all levels. So I really love working with single women who are working to overcome toxic patterns in relationships or attracting emotionally unavailable partners. And then I love working with women in relationships who feel like they may be projecting their past or not able to be truly present and then working to deepen that connection with their partner. How I got here was through a lot of my own personal experiences in love and relationships. I think love is something that I've just been desiring since such a young age. And so I always was seeking that outside of myself. And I had years of unhealthy, toxic relationships until I really hit a breaking point and was handed a very hard lesson that pretty much woke me up to change all of that. And I feel like I was reborn And I started attracting healthy partners. And I just feel like I've learned who I am through relationships. My business was birthed from my own experiences and relationships. And so it feels so rewarding and meaningful. And it's just so close to my heart to be doing this work and helping women overcome what I have. Yeah. Mm, Thank you, babe. Tell me something you're excited about right now. Yeah. You know, something I'm excited about is putting myself out there more. I think that, of course, my truly favorite thing about my business is my one-on-one coaching. I love deep, meaningful connections. And so I love my one-on-one clients. They're like my family to me. I think up until recently, I was just very focused on kind of that behind the scenes. And I wasn't really putting myself out there on social media as much because I was just so focused on the actual work. But What I'm really excited about is sharing more of my wisdom publicly and just really stepping into 
the leader that I know that I am because it's like I have all of this value and wisdom to share with the world. And so it feels really good to just step into that and just be showing up and owning that publicly instead of, of course, I'm still devoted to my clients one-on-one, but it's just been fun. And I've been using social media as like a playground for my creativity and just finding new fun ways to make sure people are hearing this value and touching people's lives. So that's what's been exciting lately. I've loved witnessing your growth and evolution in your business and as a leader and no one can go deeper than a Scorpio. So there's that. That's right. That's one of your superpowers. I'm like, let's just dive right in. I love the depths of all of it. I think there's beauty in all of our pain. I think there's meaning in all of it and mainly just opportunity and all of the pain and the heartbreak. It's like, I'm a transformation queen. I'm like, let's take that and like, Let's imagine how powerful you're going to become after we transform that together. So I love that. True alchemy. I feel that, yes. you know, as you know, I have a lot of Scorpio energy too. And I feel that Scorpios are, are meant to live a life that is a testimony of alchemy, of true. Yes. Because <laughs> Scorpio is the energy that can go to the depths of darkness that other energies shy away from. And I really do believe that It's just predestined that you were going to do this kind of coaching because we know there is nothing more triggering than romantic connections. (laughs) There's nothing. That's right. That's something we have to really look at. Like, why does that trigger us so much? I would argue some of it's conditioning and the culture Mm -hmm. and women were taught that if we're not in a romantic relationship, we're not worth shit. Like something's wrong with us, right? And my life has been this (laughs) testimony of being a leader and not having necessarily Mm -hmm. a romantic partner all the way through and what it's like to live truly standing in one's own power. Because I think in relationships, subconsciously, we give away a lot of our power to the other person. We're looking for them to validate us. We're looking for them to fill all the holes that we have. And that is a ticking time bomb, in my opinion. And eventually it just blows up when it's built on. It's like a shaky foundation. We build Mm -hmm. these relationships on, you know? And so I would love for you to talk about that. Talk to me about, you know, in your own experience and with the women you coach, examining the triggers, quote unquote, examining... Mm -hmm how these manifest and where they really come from and also how we can navigate them without completely throwing ourselves under the bus. Yes, absolutely. I think that if I think back to when I was really, really struggling and the question that was replaying in my mind all the time after getting ghosted again, or after here's another guy who just didn't make me a priority it's like the initial mindset of what love or a relationship is supposed to be. Like you said, looking outside of yourself or looking for that validation. So I think I spent years being triggered, but I wouldn't have called it a trigger. I was more like, why is this happening to me? And I think it got to the point where the lesson was so loud because I personally moved across the country, 3000 miles to escape toxic men and toxic relationships. And for me, the lesson hit so hard because I moved across the country 
And I recreated those toxic relationships because I did no inner work. So for me, it was kind of a big slap in the face of, wait, things aren't just happening to me. Like it's me. I'm not taking a look at my role. So I think it has to do a lot with your mindset and your level of self-awareness, because I think it's very easy to just be like, I'm unlucky or people just treat me bad. That's what I would think. And then I would blame myself. Well, I guess I'm just not pretty enough or let me just keep giving and giving and giving. And one day I know someone's just going to realize that I'm worth it and want to love me. Right. And I spent years trying to prove that I was lovable without realizing I deserved love. So once I made that shift and really looked in the mirror and was like, wait a second, I'm across the country. This is the same type of man that's been in my life on repeat, just a different name, a different face. And I'm in paradise. Like I'm in San Diego. I truthfully couldn't wrap my mind around it. And I spent like a week and a half being massively anxious because I thought I just wasn't meant to be happy. I said, oh my gosh, I'm just never going to be happy. It was like my worst nightmare was coming true. There was a fork in the road. It's like, okay, I'll just never be happy. Or do I have to look at this? And I think that's really when my inner fire was ignited because I'm like, you know what? I'm just determined to figuring this out. And what really ignited that was the first mentor I ever had asked me point blank, do you love yourself? And I said, of course I love myself. I'm nice. I have a good job. I would do anything for anyone. And I'm like, not totally ugly. Like I'm not like, but you know, here I am bashing myself like, oh, but I'm not like gorgeous, but I'm okay. Right. And she's like, okay. Are those reasons why you love yourself or are those reasons why you think you deserve love? And like, if you love yourself, why have you allowed terrible treatment from men for years and you still wanted to work out with them? Right. And so that question really had me take a look at me, look in the mirror. So that shift forced me within. And I think once we're self-aware of our own patterns, our own triggers, now I'm at a point where it's so natural to where if someone triggers me, I immediately am. It's like a natural impulse to be like, what is this bringing up within me? And what I help my clients with, I remember I had one client who was in a relationship and her partner was just giving her, which is a healthy relationship, partner was giving her information. Like I noticed that you, I can't remember exactly. I think it was something to do with like shutting down when communicating. And at first it hurt her feelings. Oh, he thinks that I'm not good at communicating. And I said, what if we looked at that as just information for you to take a look at and say, because this man loves you and he cares about you and he wants you to take notice of something. So let's like actually look at that, not as I'm bad at this or something's wrong. I wonder why... I show up this way in conversation. What pieces of me don't feel like they can be open? Where do I hide? You know, where am I shutting down? And if so, when else have I felt like that? Like, so for me, I love diving into it. And I think my clients, as a result of working with me, they naturally have those tools after so that they're not taking things personally, but they're taking it from a place of how can I grow from this? And how can I actually use this to transform it and then actually create a deeper connection with both myself and my current partner, future partner, yeah. either or. Mm, so powerful. <laughs> you know, this is what's coming up to ask you. I want to hear your take yeah. on this. 
What do you think our generation and the generations to come are here to break in terms of relationship patterns? Because Mm -hmm. we're in the year 2022. For everyone that doesn't know, 222 is about partnership. It's about harmony. It's not just about like me with another. It's about harmony and balance. And it feels like this year, every single one of my friends including myself, we are all being tested with a lot of relationship stuff. Like people are coming into our lives and it's like the same patterns. And are we going to say yes? Or are we going to say no and choose something different? Or are we actually going to look at some of those things that are being mirrored back to us about our behavior in relationships? So this year feels like this big testing ground, but I want to hear what you think, because it does feel like a lot of us, not all of us, because there's a lot of people in our generation that are just repeating what their parents did. It's cool. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us are actually being forced. Like we have no choice. We're being forced yes. <laughs> to create a new paradigm of relationships. And a lot of people use the term, you know, from codependent to conscious relationships. And mm-hmm. I love all the terminology, but to create a conscious relationship, It's very difficult because it requires, Mm -hmm. to your point earlier, both people to be self-aware of their shadow and their light side. And most people do not want to look at their shadow, right? Mm -hmm. And so what is your perspective on what our generation is here to break in terms of relationship patterns? And what are we being asked by the divine to create new in relationship patterns? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to address the first part first. So what we are being asked to break, I think, is the actual intention and purpose of relationships. Mm -hmm. So let me just say this, like how many women want someone who's never going to leave, accept all of them, love them deeply, be there, like treat them kindly, no matter what, X, Y, and Z, all the things. Who wants that, right? But are we willing to do that for ourselves? Are you good enough for you? I think is a really important question. And I hear that so often, like, oh my gosh, but can someone just stay with me and not leave? Can someone just always accept me? And can they just love all of me and love me so deeply and like all these things. And I think what our generation is meant to break is, yeah. And that person was always meant to be you. Always meant to be you. You want someone who's never going to leave, love you so deeply, treat you like the most amazing, precious human on this planet. Like that was always meant to be you. And it's not to say that no one else is going to love you deeply. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it's the purpose and intention of a relationship is not so let me find someone who can just choose me and stay and validate me and give me all the things that I am unwilling to first give myself. It's really about taking responsibility for yourself. How can you ask someone to give you all of these things that you're really not willing to give yourself? And that's something that I ask myself all the time when I find myself like either looking outside of myself And I know now the people I attract into my life, I'm like, I'm not asking anyone else to do anything that I'm not willing to give myself. Like I dive into every inch of my being and of my soul and triggers and all of it to explore. So of course, like I would love someone who's doing their own work because I'm willing to do that for myself. So I think it's like that the purpose of a relationship, and this speaks to the codependency. Like I think there were so many codependent patterns And I know that's how I felt most of my life. Once I find someone who just 
thinks I'm good enough, then I'll feel good enough. But I think it's a powerless way to be living because you're always seeking outside of you. And I remember a coach that I was working with earlier this year said this sentence and it actually three words that I was like, yes, this is exactly it. And it's love includes you. So to love another is to love yourself. You're included in the love that you give. And I think it's a societal thing. And we grow up with our Disney movies and our books and the fairy tales and all the things that we romanticize this idea of someone coming in and saving us and making us whole and making us complete all the while forgetting that we were already complete to begin with and that we already were loved. So if we all as like women and honestly, everyone, men too, if we all knew that who we innately were was whole and complete and love itself, I think our relationships have the potential to be so much to amplify that. Like imagine two whole people who know their worth, know their wholeness, love themselves deeply coming together. That relationship is not going to be coming from a place of, can you validate me and choose me? It's going to be like, I validate me. I know my worth. I love myself. The potential is infinite there for such a deep love, not based on seeking these external things outside of ourselves that already exist. So like a lot of the work that I'm doing, even with my clients in the beginning is that it's a returning. And I know you like to ask coming home to you, what does that mean? It's a return back to your innate worthiness, wholeness, and truth that you already are love. Mm, Mic drop. Wow. (laughs) That was so moving. Yeah. When two whole people come together, they're unstoppable. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women, myself included, have found themselves in the mothering trap or like the nurturer Mm -hmm. trap with the men they've been involved with. Talk to me about mothering. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the relationships that are I'll fix him. He'll be my project, you know? And I think so much of that speaks to, and a lot of it, you know, the intention is never coming from a bad place. It's coming from a, like, I just care. And I see the potential in this person. And like, if I love them enough, they'll change and they'll be able to be who I actually desire. So the intention is usually good, but you got to take a look at that because you're actually not meeting someone where they're at at all. And I think something that kept me stuck for years, years was this person is treating me bad or not how I deserve. I know deep down, they're good deep down. That's I, that phrase all the time was in my brain deep down. They're a good person. That's how I would talk about them to my friends. They did this, but deep down they have a good heart. They really do. That's beautiful. Maybe they do, but how are they showing up now? What are they capable of living from that place? And hanging on to those types of dynamics or spending all of your precious love and energy and time to try to bring someone else back to a place of treating someone good or just bringing someone back to their truth. Like that's not a healthy relationship. That's not the purpose of what a relationship should be. It's really like, if you love someone, you know, you're meeting them where they're at and you're not expecting things of them that they're not even showing you. And I think this goes back into your last question too for future relationships, I think the intention is about loving yourself fully, returning to that wholeness and 
when you're in a conscious relationship, it's really about elevating each other up. How can you create together and how can you lift each other up to your highest potential? I think a relationship should be, you shouldn't be spending your time and energy fixing that person, but it should be coming from a place of, I see your greatness and you're using that together to be the best version of yourself, really, because our relationships are mirrors, our relationships are a teacher. So even if you're in this conscious, healthy relationship, when things come up for you and you're self-aware and you're able to take that, work through it, have an open, vulnerable conversation, and then you're able to connect deeper and expand the love that's already there. Mm, I love the idea of expanding the love that's already there. It's so mm-hmm. powerful. And I think that a lot of women are getting very burnt out from these patterns and are looking for a new way. So I'm so grateful that there's women like you that have stepped into guiding women through, because this stuff is the hardest stuff to look at. You can coach someone on career and business all day. You can coach someone on health and wellness, but coaching on relationships is intense, you know, because well, yeah. for everyone, there's, there's a lot of layers, like an onion and so much comes yes. from our childhood and so much comes from our parents and how they modeled relationships. I mean, if you literally came from a divorced upbringing versus a married upbringing, that alone, you're going to have a different set of limiting beliefs, for example, around relationships. Yeah. A lot of us know, I, I think are stuck in the pattern of it lasting forever. I want you to talk about this because mm-hmm. Spiritually, I believe not every relationship should last forever, if any of them. Like really, Mm -hmm. you know, my friend has channeled a book from Higher Beings about relationships, and I'm reading a lot about this. And relationships truly are meant to come in and teach us lessons. Like they're not Mm -hmm. all meant to be forever. And I think that sometimes we keep these patterns going or we stay in connection with someone that really we shouldn't anymore. It's kind of done because we're trying to achieve this forever. And that's because our culture teaches us that if you can stay with someone forever through anything, through abuse, through losing sight of yourself, wow, you deserve a gold star for that. And so what is your perspective on the length of relationships? And do you feel like that's an area that we're being asked to redefine as well? I think so, because I truly, I believe the same thing. I think everyone that we connect with is here to teach us something. And if you're looking at it from that outlook and that mindset, I think is massively powerful. Even if it's not a relationship that you think will be forever, for example, or it's almost like, well, why is this here? And a question I like to ask myself, and I think it's super helpful, is if you find yourself like struggling in any connection, like what am I being guided to overcome right now? What am I being guided to learn? What am I being guided to overcome? So if I give an example in my own life, I think after unhealthy patterns, you know, accepting these emotionally unavailable dynamics and then having a healthy, stable person come into my life, then when stuff from my past comes up, instead of me attaching onto that and letting that hold me back, I'll ask, okay, I'm being reminded of my past. I wonder why I get really curious about it. I wonder what I'm meant to overcome. And it's typically like I'm meant to be rewriting my future. I'm meant to see that things are actually different now. And one of my favorite affirmations that I'll say is, 
I'm not the person I was from the past. I only have new positive and loving outcomes for my future. And I think it's such a powerful one because I think one of the deepest fears that women have is the past is repeating. That's why we get triggered because we're in a situation that feels familiar. But even if it's with someone new who won't treat us that way, our body is like, oh my God, fight or flight. Our nervous system goes haywire because we're feeling like we're either going to be abandoned or rejected or all of these things. And when we do that, we're time traveling to the past and we're not in the present and we're missing what's there. And so that's why the self-awareness to your triggers and your body and all of it is so important so that you can at least recognize, hey, I noticed myself pulling back to the past. Let me like work through actually those feelings, come back to the present. And then asking the question, what am I being guided to actually overcome here? Because I think, especially if you're someone who's doing a lot of personal development, like we are working on yourself all the time, it's just impossible for these patterns to keep repeating. But that's the deepest fear that I see come up. But this, I can't have this happen again. I can't have this happen again. Let's start believing that the deeper we work on ourselves, your outcomes get to be different. You are not stuck in these patterns if you're willing to look at your part in them and you get to have different. And I think it's like, that's such a powerful permission slip to give ourselves. I get to have things be different because I think for years, I thought that was not possible for me. I'm just going to always be someone for fun and not taken seriously and treated poorly. And I think when I decided that I'm unwilling to stay in dynamics like that, and we all have that power, it's about realizing that we get to choose. So less about why is this happening? I can't believe people treat me this way. More about what am I choosing? What am I allowing? And what am I entertaining that truly isn't what I desire coming back to your true desires and what you actually deserve. Mm. Wow. That is so profound. Let's talk about the desire piece and understanding (laughs) what we deserve. I think this is the biggest block because if we have thought about ourselves a certain way, our whole life, our limiting beliefs, projections from other people, traumatic situations we've been through, There are so many subconscious blocks. We're not even consciously aware of them. This is the scary part. And they're blocking us from people that are more in alignment for us and our growth. We're more in alignment for them. They're blocking us from the person that's supposed to be in our lives. And so talk to me about like, once we've identified those blocks, Well, actually, I'd love for you to talk about like identifying the blocks, because I think that's a big piece for people. And from there, getting clear on our desires when it comes to a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of getting clear on them, I think that every woman could do this right now. If you take out a piece of paper and start writing down everything you believe about men, men are and just let your brain flow because Mm. writing will tap into your subconscious. (laughs) So like writing, meditating, visualization. So you can go two ways with this. So I'll speak to the desire piece next, but men are, and just let the truth come out no matter how it sounds. And then it's about looking at what experiences led that belief to be there. So men don't commit. And then, you know, of course, none of this is about like, 
bypassing your actual experiences. Okay. Like maybe you have had multiple ex- relationships where men didn't commit or not relationships because they didn't commit. Right. Maybe you've had a lot of situationships and then going back of course to childhood is like where all of our patterns really started. So it's like, where did I feel like this as a child? Because it really is our inner child. That is the one as an adult trying to get it right. So when women say, I know he's not for me, I know I I must deserve better, but there's just this piece of me that is hoping and trying and mothering. And that is your inner child driving the show, being like, I know this will fix my childhood. I know this will fix everything. This is going to be the one that's going to make that trauma right. And that's why, again, it's like that self-awareness and looking at these limiting beliefs. And then what is the root of that belief? So start looking back. Okay. Maybe if you thought of your last relationship or then a relationship in high school, where did that show up in your childhood and thinking about it from the perception of a child? Cause a lot of people, if they're like, well, my parents were happy and they were stayed together, everything was fine, but start thinking about, and if you allow your subconscious to go there, like inner child meditations can be so powerful for this, your subconscious will bring you to where the healing needs to go. So allow yourself to get there and see through the eyes of your inner child, what did they not get? Where were they not seen, heard? Where were they trying to prove themselves? Where did they just hide how they felt because they didn't think it mattered or they weren't getting their emotions validated? So where did you learn to hold that in, for example. So these are just all different examples that I've seen come up or where did you feel abandoned, right? Where did you feel like people always leave? Getting to the root of those limiting beliefs and then inner child healing practices are so transformative for relationships because once we're healing our own inner child, we are our own healer. Like we are the one we've been looking for. We are the one that our inner child is like seeking outside of all these other people to fix things. We get to come in and reparent ourselves, And that is some of the most transformative work available. And then when I speak to the desire piece, like then how do you know what you desire? Well, desire comes from the heart, right? And so it can even just a super simple practice can just be closing your eyes, taking some deep breaths, putting your hand on your heart and really connecting to what is in your heart. Like what I desire is, and like, let yourself speak out loud and like, be gentle with yourself, be patient. Like not everyone does practices like this, just see what comes up. And I think another powerful thing, imagine no one was treating you poorly. Imagine you weren't in these unhealthy dynamics. Imagine you could speak openly about your feelings and not be afraid. What would you desire then? If there was no block, if the partner dropped in front of you, it's another permission slip to actually let yourself imagine what you know you deserve. Like, I think women can be really disconnected from our own desires because we're very caught up in someone choosing us or approving of us that we're just focusing on the attachment to the person and not about the relationship we want to build. So that is a huge distinction is that Maybe we have desires and then we meet someone who maybe they meet some of them. Maybe it's a 50%, 60% match, but then we're attached to the person and then we abandon the actual relationship we desire. So it's like a huge distinction. And when you're dating or exploring relationships from 
okay, this is the relationship I want to create. Can this person meet me there? Is this person capable? Can we create this relationship full of these desires that I actually have? It's a much more empowered place to be because it's not from this place of, I just want them to like me so I feel better. or I just want them to choose me so that I don't have to be alone, right? So those are two very different energies. So I think that's what I'd have to say about the desire piece. It's just about, first of all, giving yourself permission to feel into it, explore it, imagining the possibilities. Like if these blocks weren't here, like looking at those limiting beliefs, what if I didn't believe that? What if I believe that men are loving and show up for me and respect me? Like what else comes up? What else do I desire from those building blocks of a healthy relationship? Mm, Wow. Being attached to the person and abandoning the relationship we're trying to build and create, that's a profound. Yes. Let's talk about attachment. (laughs) One thing I want to say that I feel like you and I have in common, a lot of women are intuitive, right? And a lot of women are very, can feel when someone's not speaking their truth, right? Especially men. We're so intuitive around men. And men, like they're so disconnected from their intuition and their emotions that a lot of them, I think, put on a great show with lying, to be honest, and not speaking what they really feel. But we feel that, like we can feel what they're not speaking. And so I think what that does is it amplifies us to get more in our head. Our intuition comes up, it's really clear and it's instant. And then the ego will fill it with like all kinds of, no, that's not true. Like, no, you don't feel that. This is your stuff, blah, 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 blah. But I think that a lot of what creates some of these patterns and creates attachment comes from a pure place, to be honest with you. Because when I'm around people, I see their soul. I barely see what they look like. Like I can look right into them and be like, I know their soul. I know the potential. I know what they desire to be but that doesn't mean they're being that right now. This is Lolo's big Mm -hmm. lesson. This does not mean they're being that right now. And so talk to me about that. Like, this is the part that I think nobody talks about. Everybody uses some of these like theories on attachment styles and all of that. But like, there's Mm -hmm. also a level of knowing intuitively what someone is feeling, but having to accept that they may not speak that truth to you? Yeah. I think a lot of it goes back to like that question. Is this person even capable? And I think it's one of the hardest things. And I know personally, I've had to go through this, like of letting go of that because you just, that's right. You know who they truly are and who they could be and the possibilities. And like, it's easy, I think for our brains to romanticize or like, just picture that like, well, geez, if that could just be the reality but I think that's living again, not in the present and truly loving someone isn't loving them on the premise of they could be this, right? Cause then you're really not loving them for how they are right now. And I mean, yeah, maybe a piece of you does. Right. But there's like that. I love them now and they'll just get there, I think is wildly different, but I think it is challenging, especially for women that are really intuitive and can like feel it and see it and have the deep knowings, but then the reality doesn't match, you know, or doesn't mirror that intuition. And it can feel 
really challenging. And I think what a lot of women do, and I know what I've done, we're, like you said, in our head, blaming ourselves. I think it comes down to a lot of then self-blame or I should be able to create what I know is possible or create the knowing that I have. Like, how can I make this reality? But like, we can't. That person also has to be self-aware and willing to show up in the way that we need. And that's where we get to come back to that empowered frame of, are they capable? I think that's something I've had to, even in relationships, you know, a lot of relationships that I've had to let go of or people that I've have felt very attached to. And, you know, it's so normal to miss people. Right. So I'm like, if I find myself missing someone that I know wasn't capable, I have to just say that like, Oh my gosh, I'll validate. I I miss them so much. I picture what it could be. And then I have to come back in with, and they're just not capable of being that right now. Yeah. hundred percent. It's one of the hardest things that nobody talks about. It's often a very inner battle that people face with relationships because I think there's so much to be said for the people that we choose to be with. And what is that coming from? Like, what's the place it's coming from? Because then, you know, we get in relationship and we think it's all in alignment And then we realize those same limiting beliefs are just playing out in the relationship, right? But what's your perspective on whoever comes into our field is someone we are a match for at some level. And sometimes the match comes from our wounds. Like we're a match because we're both wounded and we're here to play out a lesson that we have to both learn. What's your perspective on that? Or do you feel like, because obviously we believe in manifesting, we manifest a lot. But some of these, with relationships specifically, (laughs) it feels like they're so faded. It's like a faded Mm -hmm. encounter, like it's destined. I have had some of the most profound (laughs) connections with people. I never asked for them. Like they just dropped. It was like they slammed into me and I was like, oh my God, here we go. You know, and I was preoccupied with other things in my life. And then boom, there they are and it dropped right into my reality. So I often feel that we're never really ready. It's about, like you said, choosing from a different place. I would love for you to talk about trying our best to be ready to receive and receiving, because this is the big wound for women. Like we're built to receive, we're built for creation. We're built to be open and be held by the masculine container. Yet all of us are living in our masculine (laughs) feminine is very wounded and broken. So I would love for you to define that a little bit for people like the feminine versus the masculine in relationships, just how you coach women to open to receive more. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, you know, the masculine is all about like doing, achieving, succeeding, making things happen. And I think that because of our societal programming and conditioning that is like, you got to go get in a relationship. And then I think when people are like, oh, how are you still single? And questions like that, right? It's making women feel like I need to be attaining something. So it feels like a goal. It feels like this is a box that I'm meant to check off in my life. And of course, we are meant to be loved. We are meant to have connections. Absolutely. But I think that there's a lot of pressure of when and how it should look. And it comes from that conditioning of like, when someone chooses you, like you'll be happy instead of how the healthy way, like when you choose yourself, 
you will have filled your own cup and you will be able to create happiness with others. So I think that's why so many women are approaching relationships from a masculine because they're going on a date and being like, okay, let me, I'm in a perfect outfit. I'm going to dress up. I'm going to just, okay, maybe they said something that I didn't totally, you know, love, but you know, I want to make it work. And there's a lot of like work. There's a lot of bending who we are. There's a lot of pressure and stress. And then even leaving a date being like, well, I wonder if they're going to talk to me or should I say something? I shouldn't say something. They should reach out. There's all this. And it's just a lot. It's a lot because I think we want to be pursued, but I think we feel like we need to be chosen or we need the relationship so much that again, it's like, if someone gives us just a taste of maybe what we are looking for, or well, he has a good job and this, and we can just figure that out and he'll eventually, right. Then like hoping for that potential with someone. So that's very masculine driven. And then I also think there can be an issue with like hyper independence. And I know this is how I used to be too. And it's something I still have to look out for because, you know, I am a leader and I am strong and I am powerful as fuck. And like, I have to be mindful of, but I'm open and I'm not coming from a place of you can't have me. You don't deserve me. I don't need anyone. No, I need people and I need connection and we all do. So I think that's like also another type of masculine energy that shows up for women is like this men suck. And like, I don't need anyone. I'll just do everything myself. And I'm just like, that really is a huge block. And I have to mention this because it's coming up another huge block that I see. And you know, this isn't about masculine energy and dating, but women, we desire a relationship. We desire the healthy, loving relationship. And at the same time, what I see the majority of the time is women shitting on men women talking shit about men. The dating apps suck. There's no men in my city. Guys don't commit. Everyone's all of those. So that would actually be another invitation for the limiting belief exercise because we have to take responsibility for if we're going to get together with our girlfriends and drink wine and talk shit about men. Do you truly think that's the way that Mm -hmm. you will attract healthy love into your life? Do you truly think that that's creating the experiences you desire? And I'm not blind to the fact that there are shitty experiences happening, but that's where we get to take responsibility. Where are we not listening to ourselves? Where are we not upholding our boundaries? You have a choice, right? You have power. You can choose. So I think that's just something I had to say because I see that all the time. You want a man, but you're talking shit about men all the time take a look at that. And that might be triggering for some people, but I think it's like, really think about the experiences you're creating by amplifying negative energy around men. Cause men have their own things that they right? Like you said, they're disconnected from their emotions. They have their wounds. They have their things and they have much less support and they have the societal standards that tell them not to be open and not to have feelings. So we're all doing our best, right? And some people's best, you know, like I think about that, like people who have treated me the worst, I'm like, that really was their best. And that's actually sad. And I get to like, and I get to feel, and I will pray, right. That they can work through their pain. So they don't have to show up and keep treating people poorly. So I'll close that piece out, but I had to say that in terms of the feminine, it's not about just chilling. Like It's not about just let me like relax and everything will just flow to me. Like there is a piece of flow to it, but 
but I think there's also discernment that needs to happen in the feminine. So I think trust is a huge thing because I think that after a lot of unhealthy relationships or a lot of pain in relationships, it's very easy to lose that. Cause I know I was there. I'll just never be happy. Like you are meant to be loved. So let's like know that that's a fact. And after taking a look at your own, what you're allowing and choosing into your life, then it's like leaning into that trust and leaning into the belief that what you desire is possible. And the way to do that is to separate right from the unhealthy patterns. Like, you know, a lot of the work I do is breaking those unhealthy patterns, but then like the third pillar of my coaching program is about creating and attracting and deepening. If you are in a relationship already focusing on desires, focusing on that feeling of if that was to come into your life and feeling into that energy and that frequency and finding ways to feel that within yourself. Like how would you walk down the street if you just knew you were so deserving to be loved and you knew you were wanted and you knew that things were working out for you? Yeah. Like, would you be just like on your phone scrolling? Like, or would you just be carrying yourself completely differently? I think there's just so many different energy shifts available with that because I think it's so easy to be stuck in this negative frame around men, around relationships that keep you from receiving. And our past is a huge block to our desires and a huge block to the feminine energy because I think we're trying to control situations so that our past doesn't repeat. And then we're not open where we are in oftentimes a protection mode. And if you're protecting, you're blocking, you're not open to receive. If you're constantly guarding your heart, if you're constantly like, oh, I'm just not going to say how I feel, right? There's that whole vulnerability aspect too of, again, focusing more about how can I open my heart? How can I connect to and share my desires and less about what is the outcome going to be? Is this person going to like me back? Am I, am I stupid for liking them? Or should I not say this? Do you know what I mean? I think that focusing more on claiming and owning our desires, focus on that more and let go of what if this person can't be that? Because then that trust piece comes in. Great. I have massive clarity on if this person is able to meet my desires that I deserve. And if they're not, I am actually more open to someone who can. Like when you're claiming what you desire or sharing like from your heart, how you feel, regardless of how that other person feels or is able to show up, you're opening your heart just by being vulnerable, just by sharing. And you get to be so proud of yourself for that and celebrate yourself for that. Even if that outcome might not be what you wanted, it's about, yeah, but I just did something that felt scary as hell. Or like I just bravely shared what was on my heart. And that's something to be celebrated. And I think that in dating and relationships, there can be this feeling of, I don't want them to know I like them. Let me act like I don't really like them. Well, the purpose is to love, right? So when you have feelings, that's actually beautiful. And I think that people view like, let me just act cool and calm and collected and let me play hard to get. Let me not really let them think I like them. And all of these are protection. Like where all of those types of mindsets and thoughts are all protection. And if you're in protection, you're not in connection. You're just not. 
So reminding yourself the purpose, like you are here to be loved and to love. So if you should never feel ashamed for having feelings, developing feelings, having desires, you're meant for that. So you get to share it and open and never feel like I should hide that because it's a beautiful thing. And you're now assessing, is this person capable of meeting those desires? Is this person capable of creating that relationship that I want? Be at peace and believe the people who say they can't because it's still a win for you to claim that. And if you keep claiming what you desire and opening your heart, your desires will be met. You will connect with that partner. And I just believe you will be rewarded for that. That's how you keep your heart open is by not hiding how you feel or not feeling ashamed of feelings. We're born with emotions. We're born for connection. We're wired that way. So be proud of that. Mm. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for all of that. It's so potent. And I really feel that that's the perfect place to end because I think there's so much in this episode that you pull the curtain back from for women to look Mm -hmm. at. And I want to be clear with men. I pray that all of us can start creating spaces where women and men can come together because that's where the real Mm -hmm. healing comes. I think we're misunderstood by each other. And I think men have deep, deep struggles that Mm -hmm. we don't have. And I think we could really learn a lot from each other and heal when it comes to not only just being in partnership, but like coexisting, co-creating. I think yeah. that, right, you know, the the perpetual conversations around men and they're bad and they're this and they're that, that is not true, A and B, it's not helping. It's actually recreating the same traumas over and over and over again. And a lot of times like men want us to open up and we don't, Mm -hmm. they shut down. So we have to acknowledge that we are a part of these patterns, both involved. And I know I've had to acknowledge that in my own life. And Mm -hmm. I think two men teach us so much about ourselves and about Just where we think we're strong or just where we think we're past something, they bring up something new for us to look at. And without that, we would be stuck in a lot of these patterns, right? So being in a relationship is so powerful. And I think having friends that are men help us understand Mm -hmm. men more and it helps them understand us more because we're all, like you said, doing our best and we're all trying to break a lot of these patterns consciously or subconsciously, but it should be acknowledged that it's difficult for on both sides. It, it is. To wrap this up, I think that it's important for women to know that there is no such thing as like fully healed. And honestly, your true healing will come in that healthy relationship right. because right. your unhealthy patterns will come up. And so it's okay if you're in that situation, because that's, you know, where I was at, but at the time I was unaware. And like, it's okay if you're in a healthy relationship and you keep being reminded of, or if you find yourself looking for the negative or waiting for the other shoe to drop, it's really important to take a look at that piece and see like, where is my past being projected here? Because you have a new opportunity and our relationships, they are, they're our deepest containers for healing ourselves and the true healing and the true rewriting of our unhealthy toxic patterns will come in that healthy relationship. 
so often it's our first healthy relationship that is actually most difficult because we're battling, we're in the process, the active process of rewriting all that we've been through, but how amazing and powerful and expansive is that too? So it is difficult, but that is also like, you are actively rewriting everything you've been through. So I just invite you to take that chance and to take that opportunity and know that you get to have different. I pray that when the universe drops in the gift of that healthy relationship into our lives, that we can recognize it and not absolutely and actually trust it, you know? So I pray for all of us to have that experience. Well, thank you so much, babe, for coming and all the knowledge that you dropped. It's pretty remarkable to witness you and your power and, and using your gifts because this is the area that needs the most healing and repair. And thank you for being one of the light workers that's doing that. I would love for you to let people know where they can connect with you and anything you have going on right now. And also how women could work with you if they're interested. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is underscore Jenny Lynn, J-E-N-N-I-E. Like to make that distinction, no why. Yeah, you can connect with me on Instagram. That's the main platform that I am on. On my Instagram, I have a link for a private Facebook group called Self Love Society. So I like to go in there and do free meditations, free resources. I'll do free challenges in there as well. And I like to just kind of have that be a little sacred space for women to come together and just be reminded of our own love and be brought back to ourselves. And then in terms of working with me, so again, I love the deep one-on-one containers and connections. So I have a one-on-one coaching program just called VIP Love Coaching. And in that program, again, either for single women or women in relationships, really taking them to build that unconditional self-love, heal and release the past and either create and attract that partner they desire or deepen that connection that they're currently in. And I think that the constant or the similarity for both the single women that I work with and the women in relationships is that healing and releasing the past. Because what I've discovered is it's really not that relationship. That's the end goal because you're going to get in that relationship and your past is going to come up. So there's just so much opportunity for more love, more connection, and to really create and bring those desires into your reality. Mm. Thank you endlessly for being here, Jay. And thank you for everything you've brought into my life. I am so grateful for you and our friendship and our connection. And I'm just so excited to see how you continue to shift hearts and minds and go deep with women in the healing that they're avoiding or don't feel safe enough to bring someone into. So thank you for the work that you do and the person that you are. I love you. Thank you so much, Lauren. Love you so much. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, low.